Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So picking up from uh, where I left off in the last hour with this uh, statement from Charlotte City Councilwoman Victoria Watlington, I'm kind of concerned. I'm concerned at the implications here. Because what she is laying out is, uh, or, well, she's not laying it out. She's What she's implying is that there is a standard by which Race needs to be taken into account before any kind of interaction with law enforcement, between law enforcement. So we're supposed to look at what the race of the of the, the citizen, the civilian, and the race of the officer or officers. And if it's not the same, I guess, or I guess if it's a white suspect and a black cop, then totally fine. Cop can do whatever. No second guessing. But if it's the other way around then the default is to favor the civilian because the civilian, I guess, is the oppressed and the cop being white would be the oppressor. Even though, even though one of the most famous law enforcement shootings in Charlotte, the Keith Lamont Scott case that propelled Braxton Winston into his political career, that was a black cop that shot Keith Lamont Scott, who was also black which didn't fit the narrative so people started getting all you know crazy about it before the the news got out that the officer was himself african american because what victoria watlington says in this piece at queen city news is that anytime you see a video like that it shocks the public consciousness Looking at it, I certainly felt like, wow, this seems totally egregious in this way. But again, I will wait and see the full context of the video. But it feels like something we can do there. Because she's talking about how the five officers that responded to that, that walked up to the the two people on the uh, bus stop bench, Christina Pierre and Anthony Lee, who are black, the two Officers who were just patrolling in the Steel Creek Division, they drove past, saw them sharing a joint and could smell it, which, by the way, just not for nothing, maybe get rid of the smell somehow. Can we not work on that? Get rid of the, the skunk smell? First off, it's it, it smells bad. Um, but secondly, um, maybe then you could, you know, smoke more incognito, you know, and you wouldn't you wouldn't uh, arouse suspicions. I'm all about solutions here, people. This is, I'm just throwing it out there as, you know, maybe some chemists, some scientists need to, need to figure out how to get rid of the, the smell. But she, she pointed out that the video has five white male officers trying to subdue a black female. And because of that, that makes Victoria Watlington uncomfortable. This raises questions. Why? Why would that raise questions? The, the, the cops that responded, they don't know anything about the suspects when they arrive, right? 
They got a request for backup, trying to subdue two suspects that are resisting arrest. Cops show up. Should they not show up if they're white? Should they not try to help the other officers take the the suspect into custody based on race? Is this the standard? I'm I'm trying to be clear about this. Like I'm 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 wanting a single consistent standard. But this is this is the problem with identity politics. I've been talking about it for years. It warps your thinking. It warps your thinking. Viewing everything through this oppressed oppressor lens. So I'm supposed to just not look at the person's actions. I'm supposed to look at their race first. And and you can't see you can't not see race anymore. You're not allowed to say that. You can't say, oh, it's colorblind. You know, I, I I don't see race. I don't see color. You can't say that anymore. I think that's actually violence now. Violence committed against Jews on campus, not violence. Calling for the extermination of all of the Jewish people, not violence. Right. That's what we learned from the college professors or the presidents the other day. That's not violence. According to CMPD, it was marijuana. Tested positive and there was a bag of weed. Um, they found a bag of weed on them. I don't know on who, but that's what the police say they found. Part of the problem, by the way, by not going to trial or not charging them by the DA dropping the charges is that we don't get answers in a court of law. We don't get evidence. We don't get to test the evidence. We don't get to prove or disprove. Right? This is part of the problem. And now everybody's going to craft their own conspiracy theories, their own narratives, their truth about what happened. When you can watch the video and see what happened. The person who escalated it was the woman, Christina Pierre. The person who punched the cop multiple times in the face was Christina Pierre. The guy with the illegal firearm, Mr. Lee, Anthony Lee. Like that, you set the weed aside and that's not behavior that should be acceptable. Let me go to, who's this, Mark. Hello, Mark. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pete. Hello. Um, uh, yeah, I um, you mean, I said you nearly took all the wind out of my sails here, but uh, I, I'm, I want to preface everything is that I appreciate your coverage uh, being a cub reporter about the Citizens Review Board mm-hmm. in for, for Mecklenburg County on the conduct of law enforcement. It seems that um, this council person has quite argued argued uh for that thing is irrelevancy and should just 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 be laid on the ash heap of history. I agree with you that we don't have any we're not gonna have findings of facts since all the all the uh charges were dropped when it when when by the video makes it is clear that when we only have the officer's word on it that it was that these two Drew attention to themselves from from the marijuana smoke. It was a high crime area. I accept those things, and let me tell you, Pete. The uh, the um, aroma of the wacky weed has only gotten worse. True. Because technology cultivation does not stand still. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's get it's getting skunkier. Yeah, and once he said once there was a uh, you know interrogated, there was a proper search. You found the illegal firearm. No charges ought to have been dropped. That's my opinion. Yeah, I. It- it, it sounds like what the DA, well, here I have their statement from a couple of weeks ago when they dropped the charges. They say, after consideration of the body-worn camera evidence and the various recorded accounts of police and civilian witnesses present, based on the totality of the circumstances, the state does not have a reasonable likelihood of success at any potential trial on this matter. That's what they said. We can't win at trial. What does that mean? Like, well, yeah, you're definitely not going to win if you're not going to try it. You're absolutely going to lose or you're not going to get a conviction if you just drop all the charges. Or is it word salad? Is we don't think we have a triable case to bring to bring to court. Right. No, that is what so they why? said. Okay. Yeah, they say we we are we do not have a reasonable likelihood of success. You can try the case, right? You can indict a ham sandwich, right? You can you can bring the charges. You can take it to trial. But w- do they think that they would succeed at it? And they say no. They 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 don't think they would be able to succeed. They don't say why. I don't know if that's a commentary on the jury pool. I don't know if it's a commentary on some sort of, you know, uh, uh, fruit of the the spoiled tree kind of a thing where uh, or the poison tree, rather, where um, they think that like the initial uh, interaction could be challenged or they could they could lose at that point. Like at the very first point of contact, did they think that that something was wrong about that? And therefore, everything that happened afterwards, they could not. They, they would not have success at trial. But they don't say. They don't explain why they dropped it. They just say that. They just say, yeah, we probably couldn't win. Yeah, because, yeah, um, yeah, uh, you know, um, I agree. I, I completely agree with your, um, you're not, uh, you're not splitting hairs, Pete. You're asking the. You're asking the common man's questions that I appreciate. Well, I am a common man. That's true. Mark, I appreciate the call, sir. Thank you. Good to hear from you. Message here from a, uh, a retired law enforcement officer who says, I can tell you that just because the couple say they got their pot at a smoke, sh- uh, smoke shop does not make that true. If you believe everything someone tells you, then I have some beachfront property in Tennessee to sell you. I'm intrigued by this offer. That would be a nice place to have, like, you know, like like a summer rental. Beachfront, Tennessee. I'm down. I appreciate that. Yeah, send me details. Um, No, I said this in the first hour. I completely agree. Like, more often than not, when people are uh, having interactions with law enforcement and they are suspected of committing crimes, more often than not, they lie to police. Most people, I, say, I would say, lie to police when they get pulled over. Which, by the way, I've said this for years, if law enforcement officers are always interacting with members of the public and the members of the public are always lying to the police, what do you think that does to the individual officer? Right? If everybody is always lying to them, at some point, don't they just start thinking, you know, everybody's lying to me all the time? And then they treat everybody as liars. And CMPD says it was marijuana. The woman in the interrogation herself said it was marijuana, said it was weed. And, wh- and, and why are you messing with me for weed? There, You got other crimes to go after and all this other stuff. That's like, to me, her multiple statements are an admission that, yes, it's pot.
And she said she came from New York where it's legal. So now the story changes. First, you say you got it from a smoke shop. Now you're saying, oh, I thought it was legal because I come from New York. Right, so you knew it was pot. So when they came up to you and they said, is that marijuana? We smell marijuana. And you said you got it from a smoke shop as if it was a legal product. You were lying. Is that right? You were lying to the police there. See what I mean? And she went from zero to nuclear immediately when they went to arrest her boyfriend. Um, hang on a second. I thought I had another message. Let me see. Do, 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 do. Oh, Gary says, Pete, maybe if you feel threatened from panhandlers or aggressive people in Charlotte, you just use violence or a gun to defend yourself, right? The cops can't do anything and the DA won't. How important is your life to trust a leftist DA or cops that can't enforce laws? I mentioned this yesterday, right? The creation of chaos in order to provide the, quote, solution of order. You create chaos and people then beg for the restoration of order. And it allows tyrants to exert their will. That's my concern, that this stuff is not just happening coincidentally, that this is one of the hallmarks of leftism. That's why I call them, whenever we're looking at like the uh, uh, Antifa stuff, I said they're temporary anarchists. They just want chaos for a little bit of time so they can take power. That's the purpose. A couple of messages. Uh, this one from Gary, who says, are we at a point where Charlotte City Council, Harvard, and other cities, colleges governed and ruled by what makes black women feel uncomfortable? Everything is just emotional decisions. Well, I mean, that is the left. Right? They're, they're riddled with anxiety neuroticism, this is science, this is not me making this stuff up, this is what all of the psychological profiles and surveys and stuff, they come back, like people that are more politically on the left, and the more left you go, the more pronounced this stuff becomes, you have higher degrees of anxiety and neuroticism. And these are people that are now in control of all of these different institutions, and have been for a while, and they are spreading this anxiety. And, and, and viewing, cre- you know, creating this lens of oppressed oppressor and forcing everything through that lens just amps it all up. It destroys trust in the society and, again, creating the chaos, which will then be used as the excuse to come down with, quote, order. You'll trade liberty for security. In other words, Uh, let me see. I got another message. Steve, I wonder what would happen to me if I gave a cop a sock in the head with my burning joint in my hand. You are probably going to find out. Right? Yeah. Like, again, it is not recommended to assault police officers. I don't know who needs to hear this, but like just public service announcement right now. Never a good idea to punch a cop. Just never a good idea. And you, and you may not like that. You may think it's wrong. I, I should be able to throw hands with whoever I want. Okay. But first off, they're trained. Uh, secondly, they have arrest powers. Um, David says, uh, Pete, please search and watch a video by Chris Rock entitled How Not to Get Your Butt Kicked by the Police. I have seen it. And that is a brilliant PSA by Chris Rock. It is true from start to finish. 
Dennis says, after having listened to the interrogation sound bites from the woman arrested, her voice makes me think that she could be under the influence of an amphetamine or maybe meth or crack, either that or it just may have been a joint from hell. That's, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was laced with something. Is there a, uh, Zach wants to know if there's a way citizens can impeach the DA for dereliction of duty. Um, I don't, I don't think citizens can. There may be something at the legislative level, but I, I'm not sure. But there may be a mechanism. This is from Junior, who says, as a retired police officer who was fortunate to retire before the George Floyd events, I just want to bring some things into perspective. It is concerning what the public's perceptions are of the police when compared to other professions. To put this into context, you may want to read a study published by Johns Hopkins related to the fact that deaths attributed to medical errors are the third leading cause of death in the United States. There's, it's estimated that a quarter of a million people per year die due to medical error. According to the Washington Post, in 2022, almost 1,100 people were killed due to police-involved shootings. More whites were killed than blacks. Of course, that stat can be twisted to fit the left script. Yet a quarter million civilians died at the hands of medical staff due to errors. Where are the protesters? Where are the politicians? Training for doctors involves several years. In contrast, most police basic training is for a duration of three to six months. That's a great point. Thanks for the uh, email. I appreciate that. Well, here, along those lines, Wilford Riley, he wrote a piece um, the other day called The Race War That Isn't. And he does a lot of data crunching. I will try to kind of minimize the, the, the actual numbers and just kind of give you the, the conclusions just because numbers are difficult to convey on radio. Um, but here's the piece, National Review. If you are a white person, you are probably not going to be killed by a black person. This, by the way, I say this stuff all the time. Whenever we start talking about crime stats, right, you are more likely to die in a murder. You are more likely to die at the hand of somebody you know. The vast majority of homicides are committed by people who know each other. And the vast majority of those are committed black on black, white on white, Hispanic on Hispanic. People murder people within their own racial group. Okay, That is by far, hands down, the bulk of all murders. If you are black, you're probably not going to get killed by a white person either. Throughout modern internet culture, we often see snickering references to the idea that Black people commit virtually all modern crime and that a huge amount of this crime targets white people. He goes on to break down the numbers that the black homicide rate specifically is quite high. But by most accounts, over 80% of the murders of white Americans are themselves suntan challenged. (laughs) So white on white. And the person most likely to kill you is your wife or husband. There's a national crime report, the BJS-NCVS, this national crime report. Looking at the data from 2018 to 2019, that was the last year to include Asian Americans as a distinct category. I'm sorry, Asians, you got lumped in with the white folks, I guess. Oh, well. Um, and a year during which white and Hispanic crime totals were reported separately as well. Blacks made up just 22% of the offenders responsible for uh, violent crimes. 22%. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply. 
at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, camping and hiking supplies even. Because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at carolinareadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina readiness supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Riley says whites committed the empirical majority of serious violent crime. 62% of all offenses against whites, roughly 11% of the offenses against blacks, 28% of offenses targeting Hispanics, 25% of offenses against Asians. So they committed the, like a whole, like when you're just looking at the numbers, the most amount of serious violent crime committed by whites, which makes sense because whites make up the majority of the American population. They make up over 50% of all index violent offenses. Hispanics make up 14%. He says, to be sure, the black figures uh, do indicate overrepresentation among criminals. He says we make up, because Wilford Riley, by the way, is black. He says we make up barely 13% of the American population. It should also be noted that rates of racial group representation vary dramatically across each criminal offense. This is another nuance to the data that is often lost or ignored intentionally. Different groups have different problems, so to speak, right? For example, the white suicide rate is way higher than any other racial group. When the full list of felony criminal offenses is printed out, White Americans currently seem to be overrepresented among perpetrators of some of the worst crimes. A classic 2004 to 2013 analysis of the characteristics of commercial sexual exploitation of children suspects found that 82% of all suspects and 81% of child porn producers and 87% of both distributors and large-scale purchasers of this content were non-Hispanic whites. That's a lot. Whites are overrepresented in those criminal uh, offenses. Black offenders make up just 3%. Interracial felony crime in any direction is extraordinarily rare. I've been saying this for years. The data has always supported this. During 2018, per the government data, 62% of the violent criminals who targeted whites were white. 15% were black. Both figures are almost exactly representative of the national population. Right? 60% whites in America. Blacks make up 13% of the population, so there's a little bit more, but it's pretty close. Rates of interracial crime are disproportionate, though. There are about half a million black-on-white crimes. In any given year, in a typical year, there's about half a million black on white crime. There are fewer than 100,000 white on black crime. It should be noted that all of these combined constitute well under 5% of all crimes, though. There are totally, in any given year, about 20 to 21 million crimes. 
classic interracial crimes, so violent clashes between black and white people, make up 2.94% of all the index serious crime. Less than 3% interracial crime. But, he says, there is, in fact, a legitimate reason to bring up black-on-white interracial crime, and he says it's to counter the constant and even stupider claims that white-on-black crime is currently some kind of epidemic when it is not. The annual, and this is, this is how media warps our understanding of reality by focusing only on certain crimes where certain races of people are on display in the altercation, right? By focusing more heavily on one set of circumstances and ignoring the other, it creates a false perception about what is true and what is not. He goes on to say, um, 566 white victims of single offender black murderers. That's more than twice as large as the number of blacks killed by whites. That comes in at 246. There's twice as many whites killed by blacks as blacks killed by whites. The annual risk, and by the way, this is not to say, you know, all all these people are responsible. That's, That's not the point here. The point is to dispel the narrative that exists that, you know, Whites are hunting down black people in the streets. It's not, it's not true. Again, you are more likely to be murdered by somebody you know in your own racial class. The annual risk of this happening across all of the groups is somewhere around like 800 out of 330 million. Those are your odds. If you really want to lower your risk of being murdered, uh, go home and keep your spouse happy. <laughs> That's what he recommends. And I agree. Um, I got a message here from Russ who said the stories you have been covering, dropped gun charges, immigration, shoplifting rings, they're getting me down, Pete. I was raised believing you do the right thing because it's the right thing, even if it costs you. Can't help but feel like a sucker when you look around and see people getting away with all this stuff while you're working hard to be a good citizen. Also, Councilwoman Victoria Watlington filtering for race before criminality is very offensive to my Gen X United Colors of Benetton view. Um, Look, I bring these stories to you not to bring you down. That's just gravy. No, I'm kidding. Um, No, I, I bring these stories to you because I believe it is imperative that we all recognize where we are, what the situation is. Right, this fight is against leftism. That's the point. All of these issues, they all have the same animating philosophy. It is leftism. You're going to hear more of it from last night's Charlotte City Council. Because the issue is never the issue. The issue is the revolution. I'll explain up next. 